Um, so today's episode is going to be about what is um, a sensitive subject, um, and it surrounds the subject of suicide. Uh, we here at Touched by a Podcast do not believe that suicide is the answer, um, and we want you to know that there are options if you do feel that way. Um, the Suicide Prevention Hotline is uh, 1-800-273-8255. If you do have these feelings, you know we here at the podcast encourage you to call that number to speak with professionals who can talk you through it. And um, we want to let you know here at Touched by a Podcast that you are loved and that someone out there loves you. We love you. Um, hello and welcome to Touched by a Podcast. Uh, today we are talking the Japanese suicide forest. Yeah. Aoki Gahara. That's correct. This um, chair is squeaky. That was a good pronunciation. I, sometimes I try. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get it right every now and then. <laughs> every now and then we get it right. So we are going to talk about our alcohol choice for the evening or the podcast and we're going sake and if uh, matt's gonna start reading off the bottle here i'm gonna try <laughs> <laughs> the finest sake Ooh. the end good job right. <laughs> good times gekekan my best guess on that one it is 15.6 percent jesus christ man oh. And yeah, you know, I don't know much about sake, but I understand it's supposed to, it's a wine, right? It's a, Is rice, it a rice wine. wine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh gross. There's a uh recipe for a sake bloody mary. Oh, uh, yeah. Bloody Marys are disgusting anyway. Yeah. To so, me. No, to all it's, of us at this podcast. I thought Ben liked them. What? I thought you liked Bloody Marys. No. Oh no. I was mistaken. Remember, we were all in agreement when we talked about doing the um, the urban legend, the first urban legend. When we were talking about doing a Bloody Mary. Oh, that's right. No one wanted it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is made by fermenting rice that has been polished to remove the bran. Okay. So it's essentially rice wine, fermented rice. Ooh. Uh, well, let's pour for each of us. I am not ready for this. <laughs> I am so nervous right now. Oh god! I've never had. Do you it before. guys even like like normal wine? I like sweet wines. <laughs> is there a, is this the Moscato version of, <laughs> <laughs> of sake? There's a, I wish. Then I'll love it if it's that. It's either Moscato or Roscato, right? One you're of those gonna, two. You're yeah. gonna find out. What? Oh. Oh, god. oh. Did you already taste it? No, but it smells well, like. <laughs> smells like rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't. I I saw Ben just shove his nose in the glass. Like, don't do that. And I didn't, and I still got it. Oh. All right. Um. Oh, God. Well, at least this might wake us up. We don't have Cheers. To make Cheers. Sound. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh God. Let me turn away so I don't spit on my. Oh, do I have a water? This is my water, dude. I need. Hold on. Um, this is sad. We're all like preparing. I need a chaser. <laughs> Like a, oh, that sounds like a terrible chaser. It's like a shot. <sighs> Don't drink the whole thing. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, this. I was I'm like, Jesus Christ. Up. I'm hyping myself up. Oh, that's weird. Oh. <laughs> Tastes like cough syrup, dude. Like really bad cough syrup. Uh, to me, that's uh, it's it's sweet at first, and then it's just rubbing alcohol. 
That's just weird. So she I, recommended this as being one of the better ones. Yeah, in all honesty, there weren't that many choices there, though. I'm gonna say that's, that's better than the last sake I've ever had, which was at a, at a Chinese <laughs> restaurant, um, and I, I couldn't stand it. That one is at least smooth. This is a lot smoother than the one I had there. This is how I know me. I don't need a chaser. I just don't want it, <laughs> but I'll, I'll drink it. Woo! Man, this is how I know that happens. my soon-to-be wife and I are just, we just have different tastes. Yeah. We just have different tastes. She's that's likes, been known for a really long yeah, time. That's yeah, that's not news to anybody, really. And, outside of mayonnaise and uh, honey mustard, oh, that's kind of where we draw the line. Yeah, you guys Anyways. are disgusting. <laughs> now, I will think, find this interesting. She wants the rest of the bottle if we don't finish it, but she wants to drink it hot. Well, that's how it's supposed thing, to, uh, right? Yeah, you're yeah. supposed to drink it hot. Which we are not. We are actually we chilled it as much as possible. Oh yeah, which was um, pro. Whether or not it ruined it, I have no idea. But I don't like hot alcohol. Me either. I'm sure someone's gonna say that we ruined it. And oh, we I'm sure we don't care. She'd be the yeah. first one, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, right. so that was the alcohol choice. But yes, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it some more at the end of. The, we all have to at least finish this glass and maybe enough. Maybe. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> yeah. Did you finish? Never mind. I was going to say, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, hold on. I'm just going <laughs> to take a sip. Mm. It's just so weird because I hate sweet wines. And that's sweet. Oh, the alcohol taste went away, though. Now it's just sweet. And I, hate, I hate sweet wine. I, w- I hope I get to the sweet part. <laughs> mm. It's the sweetest <laughs> All right, I Justin Greeny. <laughs> I love the little Dr. Pepper guy. Anyway, so, yes, we are talking about the Aoki Gahara, also known as the uh, Suicide Forest in Japan. And uh, it had another name, um, the Sea of Trees. Yeah. Uh, and this is located at the base of Mount Fuji. Are you okay there, Ben? I thought I heard something. There. Yeah, you kicked your own chair. No, no, there was something over there. Oh, I heard you. I thought I heard you kick your chair. Yeah, I heard it too. <laughs> I was like, there. you scared yourself. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. So at the base of Mount uh, Fuji, the Mount Fuji yeah. which is the tallest uh, tallest point in Japan, mm-hmm. Godzilla and, and King Kong fought on that. Did they? Yeah. I, oh, good I, movie. I, I haven't. That's watched. not a joke. That's for real. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, okay. The movie, uh, the original King Kong Godzilla movie, because um, I know they're they're gearing up for the new one. But yeah, they they fought on the top of Mount Fuji. It's mm. awesome, dude. <laughs> Fiji, Fuji, Fuji. Yeah, Fuji. Yeah. Uh, so the this forest, of the Sea of Trees, is thirty square kilometers, and because I'm American, I don't know how big that is, uh, but I think it's pretty large. Big enough. It's uh, twelve square miles. That's actually not as whatever. That's still pretty big. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yes. So big enough to get lost in. That'll be a reoccurring theme in this. Yes, probably. yes. And so the forest is comprised of uh, a volcanic rock uh, base because of the when um, you okay there I'm just really regretting <laughs> from I tried to get you guys to drink Japanese beer and you're like no well the thing was like the only <laughs> Japanese beer we found was made in Wisconsin so it kind of defeated the purpose we didn't, they didn't have to though <laughs> Japanese enough it, we should have gone with what it. was this it it was like bottled in, it was it, it was bottled made, in Canada made in Canada bottled in Wisconsin oh yeah yeah so like the most Japanese thought, thing of, you thought about in Japan thought about <laughs> the recipe well, comes from Japan well then we found a wine that was like Kung Fu Girl and I was like sweet here we go and then that was done in um was it California no uh, no it was somewhere in America and I was like yeah come on 
Um, yes. Anyway, uh, yeah, we, we settled for Saki. <laughs> uh, so, yes, the floor, uh, which the floor of this uh, forest is, is important because of um, it, it was made of the volcanic rock from Mount Fuji uh, erupting way back. And the reason that's important is because of the porous holes and how the, the deepness it goes, it, it's supposed to uh, absorb a lot of the sound that comes through these, this forest, which in turn makes it extremely quiet. And also involving that is all the trees that have grown and how closely they grow together. Uh, so it's just, a lot of people say it's just like, just eerily quiet, mm-hmm. which is what makes it so creepy. And most of the time it's dark and every now and then you'll get sunlight come through on the gaps of the trees. But because there's so many, it's very, you know, I'm assuming it would have to be a pretty windy day for the trees to sway and open up for the sun to come through. It looks almost alien. Just the pictures I've yeah. seen with the, the way the roots kind of stick out of the ground a lot more. And I don't know if that's just a, like a, the way the trees are out there, like a different type of tree, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it just looks wicked. It looks like a broken ankle ready to happen. Yeah. Um, just walking Ew, through it. Oh no. Yeah. No, it's it's a very very creepy place, and which uh, reading through this, that's where my entire interpretation of the things that happen here come from. Um, um, I know there's uh, you you spoke on uh, like some screams and things you heard that you read about that people hear and that kind of thing, but I have an entirely different. Uh, I shouldn't say belief, but the, what I thought about with why a lot of this happens uh, is purely for me based upon how quiet and creepy and dark it is because mm-hmm. it makes me think of when people do, um, what are they? The, not The hyperbolic chambers, are, there's, those are not it. The, the like pools where you sit Sensory in. deprivation there tanks. There you go. The sep- yeah, deprivation tanks because, you know, people hallucinate and everything in those. So if it's as, uh, you know, people don't do well with pure silence. So that alone, oh, Chris, I don't his glass. All right, he wanted to get it over with. Baller. Uh, so for me, yeah, the uh, the 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 silence is what I think really torments a lot of people that uh, go there. Which, in uh, essentially though, they're already more than likely tormented. What in the fuck is going on? Chris is just tonguing his bottle of Gatorade. Oh, he's just trying to get that taste. I'm out. so happy <laughs> that I'm drinking this now. Uh, so anyway, that that's kind of my belief on that, and I know that. So the last few years, they don't have a, a total number of how many suicides and bodies they have found. Yeah, they actually um, stopped doing it. Yeah, because of they the, thought it was encouraging it. Was, yeah, uh, but I, I think as recently as. I think it was like four or five years ago. They're saying like up to a hundred people a year mm-hmm. they were finding. Um, I think one of them, I can't remember which year it was. There was about 240 something attempts and like 54 of them succeeded. Yeah. So this is, this is a serious problem um, for, for, for this area. And I mean, I don't know. I don't even, I don't, I haven't looked to see if people are traveling from far to go there or if this is just people from the area that you know, that can easily get to it. I don't really know. Um, I'm not sure. And it, from what it sounds, I mean, if, if they had to, if they stopped counting because they thought it was encouraging it, then that makes me wonder, like, how many people from other countries are coming there to do that? Um, it's it's just it's crazy that it's it's really weird to think that a forest known for suicides 
becomes popular mm-hmm. to where people want to go there to do it. And it's the number two um, or the second place in the world for suicides. Uh, Golden Gate Bridge holds the, uh, I guess, the record or the, it's just number one in that category. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, um, I mean, really, that's kind of the, from my understanding, the real, uh, history, not history, but, uh, just laying the groundwork for this, what this area is like, Mm -hmm. just being dark, quiet, large, and just creepy. And it's, just a lot there's a lot that I, I really can't wrap my head around with this it's just because like i had mentioned before i know like death and suicide are it's it has a different connotation in japanese culture than i think most i wouldn't say most of the world but at least to us right like it's not it's not, at in some point in, in some capacity it's even honorable yeah. um you know depending i know I I've had a few coworkers who were very, very into Japanese culture. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's called, I tried to look it up, but I don't, this word doesn't sound right, but I think this is what it is. But seppuku, seppuku, seppuku. Okay. Yeah. The samurai, um, ritual suicide. Yeah. The honorable death. Right. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. So I know it's just that alone is because honor is a big thing. Honor is a, a huge thing. Even they're supposed to have, um, a second, in that, so basically, you're sticking your sword in yourself, and you're pulling it all the way across your body, and your second is supposed to be the person who finishes it if you cannot. Oh wow! Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, it's yeah, de- yeah, death, death is a, yeah. a def- definitely different, different aspects to it when it comes to, especially like, uh, you know, history. Uh, older Japanese culture. Like I'm sure it, it might be different now from what it used to be. But as far as I know, you know, I've never been there. I don't speak Japanese, so I can't read true. Oh, Ben, is that what I'm trying to do? Anyway. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what the real thought about that now is like, is this, is, is like seppuku still thought of as an honorable thing to do? Or is it like a very, very small population that still thinks that's, the right thing to do in situations. So, and the same thing with uh, a lot of, I went through a phase in college watching Japanese horror movies and a lot of them involve suicide packs. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely something ingrained in Japanese culture from my perspective, not, you know, ever being there or really knowing. Mm, I don't, I think I've only known a handful of Japanese people. So it's like, I don't, you know, I can't say for certain that it's as, uh, prominent as it seems, but it just, it's got a, there's a lot more weight with it yeah. than just what we think of here day to day when we hear about it. Yeah. Um, well, so, right, so do we, yeah. obviously we want to talk about the, um, <clears throat> kind of what the idea of, or when, when this became the suicide forest. So we, there's, you know, there's the, the legend of, that you know, or maybe myth or whatever of where these uh, spirits are and and why it's got this kind of aura to it. And you had you had mentioned we talked about it before before the podcast. Yeah, uh, Ubasute. Yes, which is uh, now they they call it a myth when we read about it. That mm-hmm. I guess it. 
I guess there's no real way to prove it is why they say that. But it, the, the whole idea, time, so yeah. To- so the whole the whole um, idea behind that was taking an elderly relative. Normally, um, it would be a woman. Uh, to a desolate remote area and they would leave them there to die. And that wasn't necessarily for a bad reason. It was because times were hard and uh, when you only have enough food to feed so many, you, you start having to decide, you know, well, these people need it more than you almost. Yeah. So drawing straws. Yeah. You've lived the longest. Yeah. It's time for you to go. Exactly. Um, And it was usually a dependent, elderly relatives so basically if it became to the point where you couldn't fend for yourself yeah yeah they were just gonna or you couldn't provide anything for the family they're gonna have to take you out to and that's that was my my question to you i posed to you before this was you know could instead of that being what happened necessarily maybe maybe it was the uh, the elderly relative wanted to do that sacrifice because it was the honorable thing to do exactly and needed the person to help them so it was like a you know like a i mean if this was if this wasn't a myth and, and knowing, not knowing, uh, you know, my limited knowledge of what, uh, you know, death means to some, this honorable death, like, I feel like they didn't have to choose. It was someone was like, I will be that person. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I will sacrifice myself, sacrifice, oh my God, now I'm the one that can't speak, <laughs> sacrifice myself for, you know, the ones I love is, is, and so, and that's the other thing is like, you don't, that doesn't happen here. No, that isn't. Everyone wants it, it. When it comes down to situations like that, I would have to say it, it, then it becomes um, very uh, selfish mm-hmm. in in what American culture, in my opinion. And I would have to say probably most places as well. But it's uh, it, it's it makes me wonder, like, if you really just look at it as what they're doing, not 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 the end result. Like, it really is a very honorable thing. Yeah, and. It may, it's a it's, sacrifice. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you're, you're doing something. You're yeah. making an extremely difficult decision to better. say, yeah, for the better of the people that you love, or or the community, or whatever, wh- however many people it is that you need to help. But it's it is looked at, you know, it's which kind of comes, to, which we said earlier was this is basically assisted suicide. Mm-hmm. So I know that's a very very touchy t- uh, topic as well. Yeah, and <clears throat> you know it's. It's it can be seen, you know, one way or the other. But I mean, mostly it's not. It is very frowned upon. But it's you know, if you have the kind of that mentality of, you know, uh, me sticking around is going to be worse than it's like that's kind of how I see this uba sute. That's really hard to say. So Um, is that honor that the whole honor? It it, it always comes back to the honor. well, more and than it's, honor, it's, it's very hard for me to wrap my head around that in a in this day and age kind yeah. of thing. Like it's it's from a Western civilization. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, as well, yeah, it's it's it's, it's strange. Yeah, um, Yoshinori. Um, hopefully, I said that correctly. <laughs> Yoshinori Cho, um, who is an author of a book called "Why Do People Commit Suicide," says so. You know, going back to the the idea of seppuku and ubusate, vestiges of seppu, of uh, the seppuku culture can be seen today in the way suicide is viewed as a way of taking responsibility. Mm. So they almost see it as, you know, it's a duty to do it. Right. More so, even not just, not just an honor, but like, you know, this is my duty to do this for, you know, either for a wrong that I've done, 
um, because I believe with seppuku, it was done if you did something dishonorable. Right. And then with ubisate, it's done if you are a burden. So you're literally, quite literally, you're taking responsibility off, you know, for whatever you have done. And Japan has one of the highest suicide rates in the world. Yeah. So Well, it's because, I mean, if you break it down, I say break it down, in my mind it goes from everyone else sees suicide as selfish, whereas Japan, it's you're doing it for others. You're doing yeah. your, your duty. It's in some aspects, it's like, you know, I, I've lived my life. I'm, I'm done. I'm only a burden at this point, which means the honorable thing to do would be to remove myself right. from this, to not burden you anymore. Exactly. Um, it is a, it's completely different. Yeah. Differently thought about. Mm-hmm. It's to- um, yeah. It says the general attitude towards suicide has been termed tolerant. Yeah. So, whereas, you know, here it's seen as, and I mean, and I, I guess for the most part, it's a tragedy. You know, it's yeah. seen as a tragedy. Over there, it's, it's clearly it's not. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's seen as like, well, they did what they had to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So back to the the, the forest. Uh, so at, 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 they're saying that most of the, the at first the how's it Yure Yuri Yuri how's it spelled the ghost it's Y U with the line over it R E I. Yeah, I think. So the ghost, visitors claim they saw uh, are presumed to be the vengeful spirits of the old who had been abandoned to starvation in the mercy of the elements. So they were the initial um, views on the haunted forest because, I mean, there's plenty of tales of ghosts and demons and all that stuff in that forest were attributed to those people who had either been taken out there if it was more of an assisted suicide or even if it was forced Um it was that's that was their vengeful spirits remaining in the forest, and the first kind of suicide um, things happened in the fifties and the sixties is when it started becoming a problem. Yeah, that forest in particular. And I and going back to the whole deprivation kind of thing is when people go into something like that and that for like, I wonder is it that quiet that you you're hallucinating these screams. Like well, that's, so- I'd be curious. Cause I, I would lean more towards it's so jarring to be in a, in mm-hmm. a, in a, an environment like that, that your body will create things like that. But I mean, for all, you know, th- we've been talking about ghosts for a while now. It's not out of, you know, this is not out of our realm of what we think could happen. So it's, I don't know. I, I think, well, no, a lot of the eerie stuff I, I, is um, a lot of people go there camping, not just not to camp, but to basically reflect and decide if they want to kill themselves. Uh, so they're not necessarily going in and saying, all right, I'm doing this. So they this go in is and like say, a meditation retreat-ish kind of thing. Kind of. Like if, like if you're conf- contemplating suicide, but you're undecided, they'll actually go there and camp out to determine if they're yeah. going to do it. So at that point, it's like, it seems like there's a chance you could be swayed right out of, out of your decision. You're not going there with like, you're just not walking to the nearest tree, throwing up a rope and hanging yourself. Right. It's actually like you're, you're taking time to reflect and right. think about it. So, um, that, that kind of creeps me out the most is like a lot of these people, there was a chance they were going to come back mm-hmm. and they, they chose, suicide instead yeah um 
it's it's pretty wicked. Um, just some of the when you start thinking that, like, if someone had stopped them at that at that point and said the right thing, they might have turned around and went back. They weren't they weren't set in stone they were going to do it because at right. that point, you know. You're walk you you've drove to that spot. You're getting out of the car. And you're walking into that in that forest or whatever. Your mind sounds like it's made up. Yeah. But if you're going and actually pitching a tent and and going through and all that stuff, it sounds like you you're undecided at that point. You're on the fence, and anything could nudge you back into, you know, or to the point where you're not going to do it. But there's also people who will walk around. Yeah, yeah. There's a prevention patrol. Yeah, they'll and try to you know talk you out of it. I mean, there's signs all over the place that say that basically are begging you, like, look, yeah, don't please do don't yeah. do it. Think about it. Here's the numbers. Like, turn turn away. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's it, it's really really crazy yeah. and creepy. And basically, anytime you go off the path. You run the risk of running into a dead body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how many people go there to die. Um, that you basically, I mean, you stumble upon stuff if you get off the beaten path. Yeah. Um, yeah. And apparently, there's a bunch of caves. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to get lost. Yeah. Yeah. People. Uh, so people who just visit because it's it's not obviously it's not just a suicide forest. It's actually yeah. it's very beautiful. It's eerie, but it's beautiful. And if you can take some of the paths, you actually get to the the bottom of Mount Fuji is really amazing um, views of Mount Fuji from there. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of just hikers and all that stuff that go through there anyways. Um, but people get lost and they get, when you get lost there, it's it, you, you ain't find your way back out necessarily. Um, I mean, obviously eventually if you walk in one line, you probably get out of it, but people put tape up to try to keep a, keep track of where they're going. Yeah. And this is where some of the, you know, the paranormal part, kind of ties into it because um, a lot of instances people have had their tape cut mm. like on purpose. Hmm. They'll find their tapes cut. That's obviously they, they believe that those are the demons of the forest trying to get you lost in there to like, I guess to take you or keep you there. Um, Cause I wonder how many people don't go there to commit suicide, but maybe end up dying because they get lost yeah. or they get injured and hurt. Yeah. So it's basically what six miles out, basically. Like you have to walk six from the center. You have to walk six. Yeah, to walk in six right miles direction. in any direction. Yeah, to yeah. get to the, which is it's a long way. Six unless, miles is a long yeah. way, especially you, over that terrain. Unless you walked in one mile and then you went the direction of the other eleven miles to get out. Like then yeah. it's going to take you forever, and you'll you may give up, and who knows what you'll what happens if you twist an ankle or something. And that leads me to another um, another issue out there is. Um, Cell phone service, GPS systems, and even compasses are messed up or sometimes don't even work because the soil is really rich with magnetic iron. Um, that's why tape is so crucial. Yeah, you have no way to yeah. know which way is You can't find up. your way out. You like, can't really? call yeah. to get help. It's, uh, I mean, and, that, and a lot of people say that's the demons. That's, um, that's just the, that's the way that area is, is stopping it, which I mean, like I said, most of them they've determined it's just the iron in the soil that's causing a lot of that interference. Um, a lot, another thing on the, the paranormal side, um, is the, 
you had mentioned it earlier, I, I talked about it, was the screams that people hear out there. Um, so there was actually one um, writer for the Japan Times who told of an incident where he heard a terrifying scream in the forest and like a blood-curdling, unnatural scream. When he went searching for the source of the noise, he came across the dead body of a man at the base of the tree. But a quick uh, examination revealed that the corpse had been dead for some time and could not have been the source of the scream. So their thought is maybe it was the spirit of the dead man who was kind of screaming um, kind of after death. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a, a residual haunting or maybe maybe it's not a residual haunting. Maybe it's an actual interactive spirit and then I watched um, an episode of Destination Truth where they went out there so Josh Gates you know, I've mentioned him before in other podcasts um, and, and it's reality TV so it's 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 hard to determine what's real and what's fake what's been you know made up to spice up the show mm-hmm. um, but there's a really cool video they did there so they, they like to post um, or put up um, security cameras, trail cameras kind of thing in the uh, like different areas, like in a circular thing around their base camp. And so there was a, they have a person that usually mans those cameras and watches them, it watches the feed. And so when they, they're watching the feed and you see this kind of, this mist kind of all come together, form the shape of a human body and then just kind of fade, fade out. And they capture that on film. It's hmm. pretty pretty wicked. Like um, you definitely want to check it out. Go look um, look on it. But it, it it's pretty pretty wicked. And it's it's things like that that you know that's the paranormal side of it. Um, a lot of people the stories are that they they do see those same kind of white figures drifting between the trees. Um, and I mean we know from other ghosts. Stories and stuff that ghosts themselves can feed off the energy of people. Demons can feed off the energy of people um, and leave you depressed and and sad and all that stuff. And that might be playing some parts in this. The only reason I, I kind of don't think that is because a lot of the people that commit suicide out there, when they're found, you can tell that, that they were they were doing that already. Because a lot of this is, is either by hanging... Yeah, or overdose. Or overdose. So they, they're bringing stuff out there. There's usually pictures. They usually bury pictures mm-hmm. there. Um, it's also a very popular novel that they'll have with them as well. Yeah. Uh, Kuroi Jukai, yeah. um, written by Japanese writer Saiko Matasumoto, um, in which he, you know, dubbed... Was this the Black Sea of Trees? Yeah, the Sea of Trees. Um, that's where they go to end their life. A heartbroken well, I think it's the, lover. That's the name of the novel. Like oh yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know the translation. Yeah, the translation is the Black Sea of Trees. Okay, and that's the story of the two lovers. And they go, they dub it song. the perfect place to die, the forest. And that was in uh, 1960 when he wrote that. Yeah. So it's actually kind of tied. They they said that's not the reason the suicide started because yeah. as early as the 50s, tourists were reporting finding decomposing bodies and. That that the suicide force, so it's not that didn't cause it, but it's popularized. It, it is popularizing yeah. a lot more. So uh, I mean, what came first, kind of scenario, mm-hmm. chicken or the egg, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, it's a it's a very like the pictures, man. It's very eerie. I would. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind going there to be honest. I mean, I would, I would like to see it. Um, but it is, uh, it is freaky, and I, I've never been there, so I couldn't even I, I couldn't even imagine how quiet it yeah. is just from the stories I've heard and the um, stuff I've read about it. It's, I mean, it's like almost. It's just it's it's completely different than what you would normally like. It's almost like there's no life there at some points because it's because of how it absorbs the sound. Yeah. yeah, it's just like no life, no like nature. It, you know, nature is loud. Yeah, like, you know, it could be quiet, but you're you're gonna hear birds chirping and bugs and all that stuff making noise, and it, it's just almost like it's very eerily silent. Yeah. Um, have there, either of you ever been in the sensory deprivation tank before? No, I have not. No. Okay, neither have I. I was just curious if you could describe it. I've wanted to do it just to see what it's like, um, mainly to see if it would stop the ringing in my ears. But um, yeah, I've always been curious. Hmm. So and another thing I know that's fairly recent was um, the famous YouTuber Logan Paul. More infamous, but yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, he went out to the suicide forest. Um, because when you have that much money, you do whatever the hell you want to, really. Um, so he went out, and supposedly he was not going out there to find anything. He went just to kind of show how eerie it was and and beautiful it was and all that stuff and visit. I, I, I kind of find it hard to believe that he That was why he actually yeah, yeah. He went there. But <laughs> anyways, that's what they claim. And he stumbled upon a dead body, and actually they were... Filming the whole thing, he called the police at that time, or they called the police, him and his uh, companions. The problem lies in the fact that uh, as they're filming and all that stuff, he's kind of laughing and joking around. Um, well, and they showed, didn't they like show the face and yeah. like, mm-hmm. like close ups of it? It was yeah. very, it was very morbid. Poor taste yeah. as well. He says it was to bring awareness and uh, of course all this did. crap. Because, you know. He wants to save face. Yeah. But um, he got a lot of backlash. I actually took the video down. Um, very disrespectful. You know, just a prick. That's yeah. Just a prick yeah. move, dick move, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you have anything else you're. Well, uh, the only thing was I don't I don't think we touched it. So we talked about the your your eye your a, mm-hmm. um, but did you read what be, like how the your your a uh, becomes? Um, which this is very this was I thought this was interesting, and I feel like we've we've talked about something similar in the past. Um, but basically, it's the your a becomes. Um, it becomes a being, which is, you know, the ghost that you talk about where, where people are hearing the screams and stuff. It, um, people, it's called, so the, in Japanese belief, they're all humans have a spirit or soul called a Raikon. Um, and then when a person dies, this Raikon leaves the body and in, enters purgatory. Uh, and then it waits for its funeral and the proper, like, uh, funeral rites to be performed and everything. And then, uh, essentially, when it's all done correctly, it says in, uh, yearly in the month of August during a Oban festival, uh, the spirit will come back and, you know, receive thanks or give thanks to the 
I guess it's ancestors and all that. But if the person dies in a sudden or violent manner, such as murder or suicide, and those rights have not been uh, followed, uh, that's where it transforms into that uri. And that's where it starts. It can bridge the gap between uh, purgatory and its physical world. And that's where all this stuff starts coming about with these spirits. And I thought that was kind of interesting, which I think there was, I don't remember what it was, but it was something about, uh, uh, I think it was one of the witches maybe that we talked about before. If they weren't buried properly, like mm-hmm. they could come back out. No. Uh, yeah. It might be the witch or those. No, the, no, the werewolf the va- vampire. vampire. That's vampire what it was. Zombie crossover. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. God. I forgot about that one. We're like, if they're not they're jumping or what was this? Thing? Yeah. Popping. So if they're not buried properly, they can like, or all that stuff. So yeah, I thought that was I thought that was kind of interesting. I didn't realize that there was that much uh, background to the the uri. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was that's what they would call a ghost, but no, it's like a whole thing because I, you know they have rituals uh, when people pass that they need to take care of. I didn't know yeah. that either. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to jet the like. Um, supernatural Japanese folklore, mm-hmm. I, and I think it's actually more complicated than what we have over here um, in Western culture. And I think I'm, I'm probably because of this episode, we'll probably dive deeper to really find out a lot about it because it's very interesting. Yeah, and uh, and apparently the the uri can be, re- uh, I guess, relieved of you know what whatever is called co- you know because of it. If you can go back and perform those missing rituals. It can, re- or if you resolve the emotional conflict that still li- tied it to the physical plane, uh, it can be laid to rest at that point. But so it, it, you know, it's not a, it's not a thing where it's like if you just don't do it, it, it stays that way. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can resolve this for them, mm-hmm. for those that have passed. So yeah, it's uh, there's a lot more to that. Yeah. But yeah. No, it's it's all very scary stuff. Like just looking at it and studying it, it's all very scary stuff. And their history is just so much more <laughs> in depth than ours. Yeah, so, so much uh, longer. Mm-hmm. Here's a, a witness to a ghost sighting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the the words I found this on a uh, mysteryuniverse.org. Um, so they're talking about paranormal encounters at Japan's haunted suicide forest. Um, the witness said, uh, we thought this was another guy out there, but then we noticed that there was no detail to this person, no color. It was if he, I felt it was a he, was just a shadow without any features. He also seemed to be following us, but he was way off the trail, just out in the trees. There was not a sound of footsteps or crunching leaves. This was strange, but it got stranger when I watched this figure pass behind some trees. I expected him to come back out from behind the trees, but instead he was suddenly about 10 meters ahead, as if he had just teleported. There's no way anyone could have covered that distance without me noticing it. After some time of this, the strange intruder stood there watching us and then just faded away right before our eyes. My friend and I were quick to head back. So that's one story. There's actually another story that runs out too. Of uh, uh, We heard this what sounded like a woman weeping. It was very strange but got more alarming when it seemed to actually get louder. We thought it might be someone out there in trouble so we headed off the trail to see if we could find this person. It was odd because of as we made our way to what we thought was the source of the crying, it seemed to move farther away, leading us deeper into the woods. Making it all scarier was that the crying seemed to get more desperate and anguished as we pursued it. 
We called out to whoever it was, but they did not respond. They just cried. We got pretty deep into the woods. This crying eluded us at the whole time until we finally seemed to be clo- getting closer to the source. The crying got louder and louder. We were almost there, and then it suddenly stopped, just stopped altogether. We were a bit bewildered, and then my friend sort of gasped and points, and there hanging from a tree was a noose, holding the remains of what had once been a woman. We got out of there fast and contacted the authorities. It was another suicide. I've always wondered if what we heard was the ghost of that woman leading us to her forgotten corpse. So see, that, that goes back to that that author who had mentioned finding that man's body at the base of the tree, and he heard those screams yeah. and mm-hmm. got out there and found it. And maybe it is. Maybe it's the, the ghost. Because, you know, they go out there and commit suicide, but they didn't let anybody know. And I mean, GPS isn't going to, they can't just send their coordinates yeah. to the authorities going to find their body later. So at the end of the day, they're just out there yeah, waiting to be discovered. So maybe they are calling to the, the living, hoping that their story can be told or that their body is found and maybe can be put to rest. Um, Very similar to a vengeful ghost that you'd have over here. Yeah. It's more so, you know, a spirit wanting to have some peace, you know, a spirit maybe reaching out like, you know, to find my family, find my loved ones so that they know what happened to me. Because how many of these people, I mean, no one, no one's telling them, you know, you're probably not telling someone when you're going to do this for fear of them, you know, trying to stop you. There's also a story. You need to, definitely, if you want to learn more about this, this website's pretty, pretty cool, but they have other stories in here too, uh, of a person who went out with his wife and then the wife started having these crazy trance episodes where she'd zone out, be totally unresponsive. And then when she'd snap back snap out of it, she'd have no memory. Um, they visited a uh, Shinto priest, and after that, the condition stopped. That was about a week of that. Um, apparently, also, when she was asleep, she would talk in her voice, uh, talk in her sleep, and it wasn't her voice, apparently. So after they visited the, the priest, the condition stopped, and they still feel to this day that something followed them back from the forest. Um, I mean, and they, they mentioned that when they were there, it just felt they felt they were being watched and followed and they had a feeling of dread that got worse as they continued going through. Um, that's, I mean, that's stories that other people have told throughout, you know, throughout the world when they go into haunted areas where you feel that feeling of dread and being watched and people that have said that things have followed them back home. Um, someone else mentioned having memories after going to there, coming back and having memories of people they did not know. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's all like possession almost. Yeah. It's, uh, and they, they actually, to the point where they start, they started feeling depressed and felt compelled to kill themselves until they, um, ran into, um, another hiker in the forest and then they snapped out of it. So that's funny off. you mentioned that. Cause I did wonder, are there people who, who go there, you know, that don't have the intent but of committing suicide it. and because of maybe the eeriness All of the negative, yeah, the energy just, they want to do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's very, um, very, uh, scary. And I know I watched a, another, um, kind of haunted show and they had mentioned this place that it was a, um, I think they were 
remodeling as a hotel and um, someone had killed themselves or I think someone had been shot or something. But it was a vengeful spirit. And apparently um, any man that stayed in that hotel in that room um, or she tried to get them to kill themselves. And so apparently they found a dead, a man in their dead uh, in a, in a bathtub hidden with, uh, and had a um, uh, piece of plywood over the bathtub. Hmm. So when they found it when they were remodeling and then um, this guy kept getting like, he would, he, he tried to stay in there for a night cause he was like wondering what's going on. And uh, he had these strange uh, flashbacks to like earlier time and this woman being shot and uh, a friend of his went and stayed there. And when he went in there to check on him, cause the guy was like, there's nothing wrong. And he went in there and stayed when he went in there to check on him. The dude had a gun to his head and oh. shoot his brains out. And likely he was able to stop him. And then dude was, he had no idea what was going on. He was just freaked out out of his mind. Like, I don't know. I don't know why and all that stuff. And it, apparently they, they left the place and he got rid of it and someone else bought it. Um, I have to find that stuff because that was that was a pretty wicked little story. Same thing though, I don't know how much of that was true and right. whatnot, but it's that kind of like I guess the overwhelming feeling of sadness that caused you want to just do that because of the energy of the ghost, or maybe the ghost is to a point possessing you mm-hmm. into because a lot of the times like they they come out of it and they have no memory or what happens like I don't know what happened I. I I had no control over my body, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's a it's an interesting topic. Um, I know I've always wanted I wanted to do this topic for a while. It's pretty pretty weird. So yeah. Ben, any thoughts? Mm-mm. Nothing else that we haven't covered. Yeah. All right. Well. Just uh, want to review this sake. <laughs> it's sucky. No, so, uh, I mean you finished yours. I can't. He can't, he shot it like a. <laughs> yeah, I just did a shot to finish it off. I couldn't. I wouldn't do another sip. I'd had enough sips. This might be the strongest thing I've ever drank. Like no, this it is can't pretty. Be. Strong. Nah, You've would. had liquor. Yeah, that well, I nice. guess maybe it's the worst tasting strong thing I've ever. There drank. you go. <laughs> That's more, that would be that makes more, more like sense. It. Yeah, it just yeah. it tastes awful, awful. All, people order this for fun. Yeah, uh, the thing is, so there's all, any alcohol you have, there's more than likely going to be for more most people uh, an acquired taste. You didn't like beer the first time you drank it, right? No, because I was drinking South Pole. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Regardless, it, I, I personally I don't think it would matter what beer, liquor, wine, whatever, champagne you drink. If it's the very first time you're ever having alcohol, it's gonna be fucking disgusting. <laughs> Everything like because I try to explain. I don't. I think I've explained it to you. Like going from drinking light beers, you know, from being broke, and then trying going back into or going into like IPAs beers that have flavor because he's balling (laughs) (laughs) it's it is an acquired taste like I I love I liked drinking beer but then when you start drinking something different that has different flavors like it is you have got to get used to it I didn't have to acquire Smirnoff Ice though (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I think your palate's just ruined I can't just 
I don't drink Smirnoff so, Ices anymore, though. They're, they're too sweet. Oh, it's so gross. They're too sweet. I used to love them in college, though. Throw them things back. Ugh. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, everything's got its acquired, in my opinion, acquired taste. So, like, yeah. This probably would be good if we just forced ourselves to like it. <laughs> but this is probably the third time in my life I've had sake. I'm not into it right now. Mm-mm. We tried it, you know. We hey. did. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I've had it twice. I've had sake twice. This was a better experience than the last time. So I'm guessing for that brand, that's a better brand. If you like sake, I would suggest this one maybe. I don't know. I'm not a person to pick your sake, but uh, I would, if given the option between the two, that was the better sake for me. Gekai Khan. So, yeah. Anyways, um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Touched by a Podcast, or find us on Twitter at Touched by a Pod. Email us at info at touchedbyapodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Um, any topics you might want us to cover. Um, we'd love to hear them. Uh, any experiences you've had, paranormal or crypto or anything like that, aliens, let us know. That'd be really interesting. Um, and uh, we'll try to get get um, a shout-out to you on the on the show. Um. Website is touchedbypodcast.com and hopefully it's still up. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and we have a Patreon page. So, if you feeling froggy and want to subscribe and help us out, um, we would appreciate it. And we will be posting Patreon specific or Patreon exclusive content for all our subscribers. And give you the option to hopefully if we start doing investigations that you'll be able to come out with us to do some. So this was touched by a podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. I'm Ben. We're paranormally not normal. <laughs>